the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for being with us for the Tuesday edition. Hope that your day has gone swimmingly, and we'll be with you for these next two hours to make sure whether you're stuck at home or you're uh, driving out, like a lot of people are beginning to do, that it continues to go well. Kath, good to see you. How are things today in the spare room? Well, I'm wondering if it's day one of us wearing matching clothes. <laughs> what? I'm not sure how this happened. Well, I'll tell, I had this on first, and then you know you decided to. Uh, I did not decide. You to said do I'll be back because, in a minute. No. I'm going to get dressed no, no, for the no, show. No, 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 no. Okay, first off, we were in, we were in a meeting earlier today, but I didn't pay any attention to what you were wearing. So when different. I put on this outfit, I wasn't trying to match with yours. Right. I mean, the beautiful thing is. This is radio. Right. Well, except that there are people who are watching right now on Facebook Live. And you can do that if you go to the Ride Home with John right. and Kathy or 101.5 Word FM. And they're going to log on and they're going to say, look at those two dweebs, how they're like dressed alike. Uh, and like apparently I didn't get the memo. because I'm. Not, yeah. Well, I'm we not were trying to leave shirt, you out. So, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I mean, it's not like we're wearing polka dot, you know, hats or something like that. We're just wearing blue shirts. It's pretty. Navy open. blue shirts. Yeah. That are like the exact same color of navy. Well, you know what? Remember those things that you used to be able to buy at um, at Hills Garanimals? Oh yeah, sure. Kids dressed the the top matches the bottom. Right. right it's it's like it's like we at, we did Garanimals, but like the like this is for talk show hosts. What I'd rather have is just um like a zip up onesie. Oh, would you? What about like the things that um the caddies wear? Yeah, I'd like to have one of those. That'd like the white nice. thing. Yeah, like I could have like um, we could each wear one, and I could have like Hall on the back, and you could have Evans on your I'd, back. I would That'd love be good. that because that, that could go anywhere, right? And maybe you could switch out some colors: orange one day, red another. That'd be nice. All you have to do is you know be lightly clothed underneath, and you're good to go. Where else? Just zippered up and down, depending upon you know the, the temperature of the day. Mike could be like Jim Nance at the Masters. We're <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> Listen, I, I know it's been a, a very hectic day around the world, and Kathy, you give us the top news stories of the day. So without any further ado, mm-hmm. would you please give us the top four at four? I'll be happy to, John. Thank you. From Monday, Monday, March 15th, 2021. Number one. Allegheny County has its fewest number of COVID-19 patients hospitalized since October. According to the latest State Department of Health data, Fabulous. this is great news. The TRIB reports that as of today, there were 135 COVID patients hospitalized. That's down from 153 on Monday. The hospitalization total has been above 100 patients in Allegheny County every day mm. since October 18th. Okay. But the peak for hospitalizations, are you ready for this? Tell me. 
was December 16th, there were 881 people hospitalized in Allegheny County. Wow, wow. That's eight times where we are right now. Okay, now can you imagine going all this way through COVID and then getting sick and winding up in the hospital? I know. Can you believe? I know. I, I agree. Number two. According to the Washington Post, President Biden is heading to our fair state of Pennsylvania today to visit a small business that the White House says will be helped by the $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package, which was signed into law last week. Hmm. The trip is part of a Help Is Here tour being orchestrated to sell Americans on the new law. Why, why is it important that the president sells us on this new law? I mean, for every law that passes, it's not like there's like a train tour. Hmm. He's doing some digital marketing. (laughs) Is is that what he's doing? Okay, good. We all are. Putting it out there. Okay. So number three. And falling under the heading of You're Not Kidding, the Wall Street Journal reports today that astronomers can't hear signals from space because Earth is too loud. (laughs) Okay. Hello. Come again. Yep. Cell phone towers, faulty toilets, and microwave ovens are kicking up a lot of sound on our fair globe, not to mention the daily yelling that goes on in every single social media platform, which, by the way, is not mentioned in the Wall Street Journal story, but it all seems very loud to Mm, me. It is, internally, though. Yes. Apparently, during the 20th century, radio astronomers had relatively easy access to much of the radio spectrum, which covers the airwaves, and it's divided up into different frequency bands so they could hear all sorts of things that were going on in space. But now, now, the world's communication systems run on a spectrum that is increasingly congested, with satellite TV providers and phone companies among those vying for bandwidth. Quote, it's like trying to listen to somebody who's whispering while everybody else is shouting in your ear, Mm. said Tony Beasley, director of the National Radio Astronomy Observatory based in Charlottesville, Virginia. So the message is, hey, planet Earth, zip it. (laughs) Stop talking. And number four, the pens are at the halfway mark of the the 2020-2021 campaign. That's hard to say. The pens enter part two of the season with an 18-9-1 record, which, listen to this, is the 10th best halfway point record in the team's 53-year history. Wait a second. The, the season is halfway over? Yep. That doesn't seem real. It's, it's been such a fast season. Tonight will be the end of their third set of back-to-back games this season, this being game two against the Bruins. Sid, as of right now, has 59 points um, in 45 career games against the Bruins. No active player in the NHL has more points against Boston than him. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a big night. Mm Mm-hmm. Casey DeSmith and Tristan Jari have combined to allow only six goals over Pittsburgh's last five games, stopping 143 of 149 combined shots. And that, people, is your top four at four. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, so, uh, you know, you don't have to be like a giant hockey fan to appreciate someone like Sid. Right. Who is like, you know, hockey otherworldly. Yep. So I'm watching the game last night. Sid scores his goal. He is skating backwards down the ice. He's almost in the very far corner of the of the rink. And then he lets this shot, boom, explode. It goes somehow into like a tiny little crevice of the of the net. And he scores a goal. It was the most incredibly athletic, the mix of uh, coordination and speed and style. Just otherworldly, truly. We are so fortunate to have this guy, you know, with us. World class times ten. Go, Sid. Mm-hmm. Could be a big night tonight, people. Did, did you see it? No. 
Wait. I went online and watched it after you told me about it, okay. but I didn't okay. see last night's game. Is there a game tonight? Yeah. Is there another game? Yep. I didn't know that. Two back in to a back. row. Two in a row with Boston. Very nice. That's why you listen to the ride home. Are they here in Pittsburgh? Yes. Mm. All right. Let's... And we should have a bigger crowd because of the governor. Or no, no that doesn't no, no. kick in until April 4th. What's the deal with that? Okay, so that is like, why, why is the governor setting Easter Day? I thought that was weird, too. What is up with that? I don't know. I don't know. Why why is that? Is there some significance to that? Mm. Mm. If you're going to do it, just do it now. Why are you waiting? Why are we we waiting? I agree. I I don't know. We'll get the governor on the program to discuss it. No, let's not do that. I'm not going to even go there. Forget that. Forget it. All right. We got a big show for you today, do we not? We do. We have a lot of things unfolding, um, especially coming up next. Dr. Charlie Camosi with us. There's a brand new thing going on in Canada called Dying with Dignity Canada. It's like a um, it's like a PR campaign going on, right? Public service. Yeah. 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 Okay. we'll talk about how much of a public service it actually is. It's coming up next. It is the Tuesday edition, isn't it? Yes, it is. Look for us on Facebook, The Ride on with Johnny Kathy, and of course, wordfm.com. We'll see our matching outfits. (laughs) Dorky outfit. That was a good 101.5 WORD. When life takes a turn and circumstances are devastating, where do you turn? Suffering prompts ageless questions. God's people in every generation face it. This week on Through the Bible, we'll study how believers in the tribulation will face life when it turns upside down. Join us and learn timeless principles to tuck into your heart for when it's your turn. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have 5 to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm Kathy Emmons. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in network. Isn't it time for a change? Stop the insanity. Call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30 percent. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. Or go to MarleyFG.com. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching and elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS. Study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. We want everybody to have a level of comfort knowing that they're in a safe environment, that they're in a caring environment, and that their health and well-being is our top priority. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We are constantly screening both ourselves and patients. I want my patients to know that we are there for them. When they are ready, we are here. You're going to be safe. You're going to be well cared for. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. For cancer patients, being a survivor doesn't begin at remission. It begins at diagnosis. 
Word FM presents Survivor Stories, stories of hope, of faith, and courage in the words of patients and caregivers who are living through cancer together. Share your story at wordfm.com. Survivor Stories, sponsored in part by Young Adult Survivors United and Gasky and Associates. Details at wordfm.com. Our neighbors to the north are involved in informing the citizenry that you should be dying with dignity, dying with dignity Canada, which essentially is a public PSA initiative. It's a platform to bring out assisted suicide. I mean, I don't think there's any way around that. Dr. Charles Camosi is back with us. He's professor of theological and social ethics at Fordham University, the author of five books, including most recently, Resisting Throwaway Culture, How a Consistent Life Ethic Can Unite a Fractured People. Charlie, welcome back. How are you? Great to be with you again. Yeah. Okay, Charlie. So we're familiar with PSAs, right? And some of them in America have been, you know, shockingly successful. How about the ones about seatbelts? Or the ones about, you know, stop smoking or, you know, the just say no campaign of the 1980s. I'm sure that we're going to see a lot of them about the vaccine coming out soon. So talk about what Canada uh, or what the government in Canada is trying to get people to, because the whole point of the PSA is you're trying to get people to realize that this is the right thing to do. Yeah, it's shocking. I've actually haven't thought about it that way until just now. And I'm a bioethicist. I probably should have, but, but uh <laughs> But yeah, so the PSA is, we used to have medical aid in dying, which kind of is a euphemism, as you mentioned, for uh, suicide. Um, But at least there you were talking about someone who was reasonably foreseeable as dying. I think that's the language um, in in the actual criminal code, the law. Now what they've done in passing an amendment called C7 They've changed it to um, if, even if you have a disability, but you're not uh, explicitly saying they, that it's not the case that you need to be, it, be reasonably foreseeable that you're dying, you're still eligible for assisted suicide. So essentially what they've done is they said, as a culture now, if you're disabled, we can kind of see why you'd want to kill yourself. And we want to make it legal for you to be able to kill yourself. Wow. And uh, it was bad enough. I mean, this was all, I mean, disability rights groups are all over resisting these kind of laws even before this uh, bill, but, but now this is taking it to a whole new level. Really? Okay. So Charlie, you're saying this is, is an actuality, a law that is now in effect in Canada? That's my understanding. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not Canadian, but I've paid attention to this and I've, 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 uh, I'm looking at the, the law as it used to be written uh, I'm looking actually at a complaint from a disability rights group in in Sweden, right? This is this has provoked a kind of reaction all over the world saying, please don't do this. This violates very basic rights of disabled people. And what they've rightly said is they said, once you remove the phrase reasonably foreseeable, but still include disability, what you've just done is legalize assisted suicide for the disabled, regardless of whether they're actually dying or not. And, and again, like if you just, even here in the United States, we see this. Um, uh, physician-assisted suicide has been legal in Oregon for several years now, a couple decades, three decades now. The number one reason why people request uh, physician-assisted suicide in Oregon is because they've lost their autonomy. Not because they're afraid of pain, which for the most part can be controlled, because they've lost their autonomy. Also high on the list is fear of being a burden on others, loss of uh, certain kinds of activities. Well, this is just the lives of disabled people around the world, right? They can't do the same things that others do. They don't have the same autonomy that 
the three of us have. Um, they are more of a burden depending on how you look at it on others. But those are the reasons why people request assisted suicide. And so for years now, disabled groups have said, please, please don't do this. What you're saying essentially is people like us, we can understand why you'd want to die. And now Canada has taken the, the next step. They've just said, yeah, that's right. And we're going to try to make it legal for you, even if you're not dying. But it's couched in terms of compassion, that we're doing the sensitive thing. We're doing the kind thing. We're doing the brave thing. That's right. And um, it's not yet what Nazi Germany had with their disabled um, euthanasia program. But there, I mean, that's the extreme example. Um, and I usually, I say the first person that invokes Nazi Germany loses the argument. So maybe I'm losing the argument here. <laughs> right. But uh, uh, there was also, their program was couched in terms of mercy, right? And like, this is what's best for, for lives not worthy of life. Um, and, and, and so it's not surprising, actually, that we say, you know what, if you're, if you are disabled, and you decide that your life is not worth living and want to avail yourself of that, we will help you do that. When that's combined with a single payer healthcare system, or at least a nationalized, um, it's actually run by the provinces, each individual province has a different one, but um, where they say, you know, I just saw, I saw a tweet about this recently. One of the responses was somebody who was disabled and says, you know, I really need this drug to help stave off my disability being um, as, as burdensome as it, as it will end up being for me as long as I can, but I can't get that drug um, under the current healthcare system. And now they've just made it legal for me to kill myself. So what, what kind of, what's kind of message is that combination of things sending, right? We will, we will not pay for the drug, which will help give you many more years of the kind of life you want, but we will make it legal for you to kill yourself. Right. And so I wonder what that does or what it will do to the society, right? I mean, you know, you're out in public and you see people in a wheelchair or you see someone, you know, who is struggling physically, probably for a lot of kids, you know, who this becomes reality, they would think, oh, look, look that guy, that's dead man walking. He's next. So I'm sure it waters down empathy, compassion, the ability to see yourself in that situation, the people who are now disabled are less than, and so they are not contributors to society. And for what other group, and this, um, this is something I get into in a religious news service interview I did with Harold Braswell, a philosopher who's all over this topic in just really, really important ways. What message does that send where we say for the disabled community, we, we will, instead of actually giving you the support you need and change the structures around which we allow you to live and flourish, we will make it more likely for you to kill yourself. I mean, we would never say this about other kinds of groups, right? Like people of color, we would never say that about uh, First Nations, which, which interestingly, how about this? First Nations, Native Americans in Canada, Native, Native Americans are strongly resistant to this in part because they have such a problem with suicide already. Mm. And so the message that the message that this is sending is that suicide is a legit kind of way to react to cultural and social problems. Right. And, right. and that's the last thing of course that they want. So we we're in this really interesting political context. It's, it's true in the United States as well. So many groups on the left, right. Disability rights groups, native American folks, people that are in and people of color in the United States are almost universally against this compared to uh, white people. So the kind of discourse we normally have on the right and the left is totally um, upended by this issue where you have libertarians essentially saying governments stay out of this, let people make their own decisions without looking at the underlying justice factors that are really at the heart of this. Yeah. 
Dr. Charlie Camosi is with us, professor of theological and social ethics at Fordham University. Charlie's the author of five books, including most recently, Resisting Throwaway Culture, How a Consistent Life Ethic Can Unite a Fractured People. Um, I, I, I hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that Canada is Nazi Germany. Okay, let me just make that as a blanket statement. Um, however, I was thinking about the fact that when you when you brought up how Nazi Germany looked at disabled people, their um, their public um, logic was that the reason that we are eliminating disabled people is it's the best thing for all of us, right? For the collective group, right? right. So is that what Canada is saying? Do you think, or is it more that it's the best thing for that person? Well, I don't. <laughs> I hope they're not saying that it's the best thing for the collective. Maybe that's somewhere in the subconscious or, you know, in the subtext of what's going on here, because it's, of course, much, I mean, as the example I just gave demonstrates, it's much cheaper for Canadian healthcare to give somebody assisted suicide than it is mm. to pay for their medication. So if they're having, as I imagine, I mean, most, uh, you know, single payer systems have financial issues that they have to, I mean, they have limited resources. They have to decide how they're going to spend them. Um, so it, it might, in fact, be um, a cultural benefit to say, rather than pay for several decades of medicine for this disabled person, if they want to kill themselves, it's a win-win. They want to kill themselves, we save lots of money, right? Um, but I think it does come to this ableist, um, and I haven't used that word, but I think it's important here, understanding of kind of Western culture more generally. What makes you have a life worth living? What makes you, you at all? Mm -hmm. It's your autonomy. It's your freedom, right? It's your ability to be self-sustaining and not rely on others. And of course, as Christians, that's precisely the opposite anthropology we have. We know we're limited. We know we're finite. We know we're totally dependent. That's, that's a completely false anthropology, understanding of the human person. But when you have that as your foundational anthropology, right? As soon as you deviate from that, suddenly we, you could, you can imagine how somebody with that anthropology says, you know what? If you totally lost your autonomy, if you're totally dependent on others, if you're in fact a burden on others, if you've lost enjoyable activities, I can kind of see how you'd want to kind of get out of that and how you'd want to, and you know, you wouldn't want to be in that situation. And to be honest, like I've heard people say this, I've heard my parents say this to me, right? Like we don't want to be a burden on you kids, you know, just, you know, we want to just right. kind of be independent, that sort of thing. But that's, the, I mean, from a Christian anthropological perspective, I mean, there, there's nobody who's not dependent, right? We're all dependent right. on each other. And, and that's the place we got to start, I think, in trying to resist this. Right. That's really good. Really now, good. I wonder how the mechanics of this work. I mean, you know, everybody can have a bad day, a bad month. Heck, I mean, with COVID-19, a bad year. And, you know, if you're disabled, you go, I just... I, I'm not going to do this anymore. And so I'm living in Canada. What? I make a phone call and all of a sudden, you know, uh, Jack Kevorkian clone shows up and injects me with something. I wonder what the process is, Charlie, to go through this. I mean, you know, is there like, you know, buying a handgun? There's a, a cooling off period or, you know, I mean, any idea what that would look like? Yeah, well, generally, I, I haven't looked at the this part of the of the Canadian law, but generally, the laws do say that you need two physicians to kind of um, okay agree with that. Um, and in some cases, there's a waiting period. Some cases, it's it's not. But um, well, there always is a waiting period because you got to file some papers and got to get it approved. And so there is you can't just get it done the same okay. day, so, <laughs> so it's the same day all. service or something. For right, this. I'm not going to go right. change my oil and then kill myself. In fact, one interesting part of the waiting period that's shown, and it shows how arbitrary some of the cutoffs are, even if you say you need to be dying, like in, in Oregon and California, it's six months. 
there have been people that have requested assisted suicide in uh, Oregon who then withdraw their request mm -hmm. and then live way more than six months. So what we know is that even if you were trying to guess about these kind of things, that waiting period can, can sometimes reveal, well, this is just kind of arbitrary. We're saying, yeah, I guess it's about within six months, which is kind of why you get, I've been predicting this for some time. If the argument for assisted suicide really is about straight up no chaser autonomy, my body, my choice, government stay out of this. It's really only a matter of time before we just get rid of all the critiques like or all the limitations. Who are we right. to say it should be six months? Who are we to say it's 12 months? Right. Who are we to say that it's not disability? So who does, who are we to say that it can't be same day service? If it's my body, it's right. my choice, my life, I can get to do whatever I want. Right. Which, is I wonder, which is exactly the arguments we've made for abortion. You know, that the Roe versus Wade sure. included viability, right? But we realized very quickly the viability was going to change as, as medical science advanced. And then all of a sudden the viability arguments didn't make any sense anymore. That's good. And, and it's so interesting you mentioned that because as I think three people who are generally identify as something like pro-life feminists, the kinds of structural arguments we've made about like, well, you say this is your choice, but actually let's look at the structures surrounding the choice. It's not really a choice. Like abortion correlates with intimate partner violence. It correlates with poverty. Of course, all these things that coerce the choice, same here, right? So, I mean, one of the dramatically horrible things about this, um, this passing is that it takes place at what hopefully is the tail end of a pandemic where people have precisely in these situations who are elderly and disabled have been living a life that based on the kind of structural context they were in can't be that attractive a life right totally isolated locked down sure. people with dementia have done terrible during the pandemic precisely because they've been isolated and so um you know, when we think about free choice and my body, my life, my choice, we imagine, again, we, we conjure this kind of Western rich, dare I say, white image of the, 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 the person making decisions, you know, mm -hmm. without coercion or something, right. but that's just not the circumstance in which these folks are finding themselves. And so I wonder the, the church in Canada, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a wide swath. What, what's that <laughs> response been like? I mean, uh, has anybody stood up and said, Hey, we, you know, there's going to be some pushback here because we are Christian believers. There has been. Um, there has been. Uh, uh, I've seen, and there is a, a pro-life movement in Canada, and they've been resistant and 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 disability rights groups and even First Nation groups. Um, and this is what has me so frustrated with the left on this on these sets of issues is um, that instead of listening to those those justice-centered claims, again focused on structural injustices, structural inequities, which seems to be the order of the day on almost every other issue with the left. On this issue, they just kind of default to a lazy kind of libertarianism, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we just kind of want this. We want the freedom of choice to do this. We think it should be our right to do it. And so we just want it. We don't, we're not thinking about the underlying structural injustices that this plays into and exacerbates. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, those, those voices have been heard and they've been religious and they've been pro-life, but they've been largely ignored by those. I mean, Canada, as you know, is ruled by the left in, in a, just a really powerful way. And they have not been listened to. Well, you know, one thing I'd say in closing, Charlie, is just that, you know, I wonder how attractive the idea of us all being dependent on each other would be for people who are outside the church. I mean, that's something that hopefully people who are, you know, are inculcated in Christianity recognize as like a foundational understanding of, as you said, Christian anthropology. But for people who are outside the church, who are already feeling this sense of distance, this sense of, of isolation, I wonder if that message got to people, if they would say, really? Well, yeah, because I mean, look, Hillary minute. Clinton was feted. You know, it takes right, a village. Right, it takes a village. Right, so people get that. 
and and we were desperately lonely as a people before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Now loneliness is off the charts. I really think this could be a really important moment for the Christian churches to step up and say we have a different vision of what it means to be human, but we have to step up and do it. So far, we've, yeah, we yeah. haven't we haven't really been as as active on that score as I'd hope. That's good. Dr. Charles Camosi from Fordham University. He's professor of theological and social ethics. His brand new book is called Resisting Throwaway Culture, How a Consistent Life Ethic Can Unite a Fractured People. Charlie, always a pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure too. Thanks. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month. You might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs. And because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by March 31st. You can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow. Dot com. MyPillow.com. Save up to $300 on top-rated brands like Sealy and Sleepy's at Mattress Firm right now. And you can get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 or more to elevate your sleep every night. Save big. Sleep better. Shop the semi-annual sale now. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com.
We'll see cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 38. It'll be milder tomorrow. Cloudy skies for the morning hours, then times of clouds and sun in the afternoon. Tomorrow will reach a high of 63. Tomorrow night, increasing clouds, periods of rain late with a low of 47. For Thursday, cooler with rain becoming breezy in the afternoon. Thursday will reach a high of 55. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. long list of things that people do, people find enjoyment in as hobbies. Laundry may be <laughs> at the bottom of the list. However, nice. there is a, a guy named Patrick Richardson who is betting that he can make us see laundry as much more than a chore. And uh, Please tell me. He's being feted right now because, um, of course, he's got a little TV show and he's got a book out. His book He's is got called- a TV show on laundry? Yep. Um his book is called uh, Laundry Love, Finding Joy in a Common Chore. And then on the Discovery Network, he is known as the Laundry Guy. They have both launched this month. Okay. And he is arguing that washing can be fun, that it can be celebrated. And he said, you know, as an early, you know, when he was like three years old, he remembers handing uh, clothespins to his Nana. And that gave him some beginnings of love affair with and never ending chore of laundry. So what he's done was he, he's one of these guys who, you know, would prefer, you know, this is people talk about this. I prefer to have 16 fine things in my wardrobe. Right. As opposed to a hundred crappy t-shirts. Right. Right. And you get that, of course. So if you have 16 things in your wardrobe, like a nice cashmere sweater and it gets a stain on it, or it gets a little smelly, how do you approach that? You know, you don't run to the dry cleaners. So um, this man, Patrick Richardson, is talking about, well, I can show you how to do this. I can show you how to launder your suit. I can show you how to launder. Really? Oh, yes. You know, you should and stop using the dryer. The dryer is something that, that he says that the dryer is the biggest killer of fine clothing. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, all you got to do is go to your lint, lint screen and there you see the remnants of something that was once right. beautiful. Something you used to wear. Right. right. And he says also fabric softener and dryer sheets are also death exactly. to good clothing. Now, I did try to tell you that several times and you wouldn't hear that about the dryer sheet. No, I, st- I like the dryer sheet. Mm, I, do. I know you do. Because you know, I, I don't like the static cling. Right. That's all. Right. He says that he can get out his biggest nemesis as far as laundry is old stains, mm, stains sure. that have set and have been around. Oh, yeah. What not are you going to do at that point? Not, not for a day or a week. But for years, you know, you pull something out of the closet and go, oh, no, the last time I wore this was like, you know, four years ago. Right. How do you get rid of that stuff? So this guy, uh, Patrick Richardson, is now laundry love, finding joy in a common chore. All right. So now that might be slightly ambitious, like finding. But I don't hate laundry. Like I have I have a a basket of laundry right outside this door that I'm going to be taking downstairs. Mm. And it doesn't fill me with dread but here's the reason why i think i i look at it so positively is because i had to use a laundromat for so oh, many years so this is my contention say no more my Me too. thesis is if you have never had to use a laundromat yeah you will never appreciate a washer and dryer in your own mm, home i agree with that boy i mean i remember being in manhattan and walking my big bag of dirty clothes like several blocks to a ratty oh, yeah. laundromat 
And of course the change machine doesn't work. And then there's like, you know, drug activity going on inside the lungs or people sleeping somewhere on the table. Or sexual activity. I hate to give you you too many details, but I've seen it all. I mean, the laundromat. Yeah. Yeah. However, I do have some good memories though. I remember when I was courting my wife, I would call her. It's true. It's true, Mike. It's true. Seriously. We're calling using the payphone and calling my wife from the laundromat going, I'm hanging out waiting for the, you know, Hey, what's going on? And having like, you know, an hour conversation. Right. So, you know, there is some, what's the movie? Oh, my beautiful laundromat. Uh, I'm not familiar with that film. It's it's an old film. Yeah. That is Daniel Day Lewis. That's a whole other story. Okay. So let me tell you this, John, I I can't meet you, uh, you know, on on an equal playing field with New York city, but I will tell you that I lived in South Oakland. I lived in Oakland for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. But in South Oakland, I used to have to walk two blocks to the laundromat and here's Mm. what happened. You would walk down the street because none of us had cars with our laundry. Okay. So you'd have your, you know, your big thing of laundry. Yeah. And you had, this is, this is the protocol that was established at the neighborhood laundromat is you had to stand at the street. Okay. In front of the laundromat. And the man who owned the laundromat sat in a folding chair in front of it. He would send both of his dogs to sniff you. What? One was a white poodle and the other was a Doberman. What? And you would have to, you had to stand there holding your pitiful pile of laundry while the dog sniffed you. And if the dog said you were okay, you could go in and do your laundry. What? I am not kidding you. Were you ever rejected? I was never rejected. But the first time I was terrified because of course you don't know, like I just moved into the neighborhood. I didn't realize that there were, you know, regulations about this sort of thing. Yeah. Well, holy smokes. I mean, look, you're right, Kath. This, the whole takeaway from this conversation is if you've never had to go to a laundromat, yep. you'll mm-hmm. never appreciate your own washer and dryer in your house. But exactly. for those of us who at one point in their lives have been at the laundromat, that's a badge of honor there. It really is. So God bless all those people at the laundromat. Anyway, we'll take a quick break. Come back. Tony Turner is with us. She's going to talk about the church and cancel culture. That's straight ahead. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, 101.5 WORD. Streaming live on 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. It is the nature of a sheep sometimes to get away from the shepherd, but is the nature of the shepherd to restore his sheep. No wonder David gloried to write Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, he restoreth my soul. Hear Adrian Rogers' series, The Secret of Satisfaction, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Are you in high school and thinking about your future or know someone who is? Consider Geneva College. Geneva is a Christian college that prepares students for meaningful service in the world. Geneva has over 145 majors and programs, 19 varsity sports, 100 study abroad programs, and lots of club activities. Geneva has scholarships and grants to make it affordable, too. Find out more yourself. You can visit Geneva in person or online. To find out more, go to geneva.edu slash visit. That's geneva.edu slash visit. If you owe $27 trillion and you didn't have the money to pay it off, what would you need to do? Well, you need to make a lot more money, right? Well, now America's debt is more than $27 trillion, and right now taxes are at historically low levels. It doesn't take a genius to realize taxes will probably go up. Now think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are lower or later when rates are much higher? 
Now, whether you should pay taxes now or in retirement depends on a lot of things. That's why Kirk Kenotic and Accurate Solutions Group has a free guide called You and Your Taxes to help you determine what's best for you. To get your copy of You and Your Taxes, call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. That's TAX to 412-515-3555. When taxes go up, will you be ready? Get this free guide from Kirk Kenotic and Accurate Solutions Group now. Call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Our firm may not give tax advice. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And, and we're, we're the, the owners, owners of South Coast, Coast Tax. Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm. We will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed, and one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. Pastor Tony Turner is with us. Tony is a pastor here in the city, a counselor, a teacher, Gracism Task Force online on the Facebook page. Hey, Tony, always good to have you with us. You're thinking about uh, the church and cancel culture. Now, how do those two intersect? Yeah, or should well, they? They actually shouldn't. I, you know, I was thinking about uh, when uh, things first surfaced about Ravi Zacharias. You guys were talking about it. And, yeah. You know, it's like, you know what? why do we always throw the baby out with the bathwater? I mean, wasn't this man speaking truth when he was speaking it, you know? And um, then, you know, we have something come out about uh, Kirk Franklin. I mean, John, through the years, it's been a little bit of of everybody. I mean, a whole lot of people anyway. And, uh, you know, we have this tendency to uh, put people who are out front on some sort of pedestal as if they uh, they're perfect. But in fact, you know, Jesus said, you know, I came for the sick, not the well. So, I mean, don't we know who the sick is? That would be like all of us, you know, uh, his blood had to cover all of our sins for all time. And the, the issue is that um, where Jesus said that, Whenever he talked, he talked about the kingdom. And basically, after he talked about the kingdom, he always talked about the way we treat each other. That is basically what the the, the plumb line is for, you know, our behavior is how we treat each other. So, you know, I'm thinking about the fact that uh, the scripture says there's not one of us that doesn't need that blood covering. There's not one of us that doesn't have, you know, issues that we need uh, the Lord to deal with, that we can't even necessarily deal with it ourselves. But the church needs to be a safe place. 
we're, we are not a safe place. Um, we haven't been for a long time. And I believe that that's the reason why the world isn't a safe place. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, just uh, point that finger, but I think it's, it's real important for us to see that the enemy will drag us off of our, our baseline in any way that he possibly can. Yeah. Now, Tony, and, I, I would say this. I mean, I, I appreciate you bringing up Ravi uh, mm-hmm. and Kirk. Now, mm-hmm. the Ravi thing to me, uh, that's a brutal. I mean, if you're going to pull cancel that's, culture that's, on somebody, yeah. I would say it's Ravi. I mean, all those years that Ravi, we loved Ravi, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, anybody who intersected with Ravi in his ministry, but all those women, all those victims, um, and if Robbie would have been alive after this had come out, certainly uh, he would have deserved to be pushed aside. Mm-hmm. And that's different. Like the Kirk Franklin story is like he got in an argument with this 30-year-old kid right. on the phone. Like, who cares? Like, Right. I mean, Kirk, Kirk Franklin. I love Kirk Franklin. Did he get mad at his kid and swear at his kid? Yeah. I mean, yes. yeah. I mean, who among us doesn't get angry and, you know, l- let some words slip out, right? I mean, th- I'm not going to cancel Kirk Franklin. I love Kirk. But Ravi, that crushes me. That hurt me really bad. And I think that there's a price to pay. That ministry is going to close up shop, uh, Tony. I mean, they're gone forever. I don't think it should. I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say uh, there are two words that Jesus said. Uh, and, and those words were judge not. Now, I'm not saying that the victims don't deserve some sort of justice. Absolutely. Yeah. But I am also going to say that, you know, uh, you know we have... We have a tendency to rank sin. We say that there's one thing that's worse than another. But if Jesus' blood was shed for all of our sins, that includes whatever sin there is. Sin is just sin, is doing something, either doing something God said don't do or not doing something God said to do. For me, it's sin. And so, you know, I, I, and I'm not saying that, you know, the, the ministry, people have the right to close the ministry down. All I'm saying is that the church needs to be a safe place. If he could have, if Robbie Zacharias or anybody could have stood um, before their congregation and said, you know what, or before someone, the, James said, confess your faults one to another. Okay, Mm -hmm. so now and and it's up to me to confess my own sin. I I've not been told to confess or point out John Halson. I have to do my own. And I am saying that the church, we are taught to be compassionate. We are taught to love one another. We are taught to forgive. We are taught to extend grace. Judgment is God's job to do it's not ours i am not uh, forgiveness doesn't have anything to do with the fact that the person might even do it again forgiveness means that my heart is is a place for god's grace to operate it and and so you know we need to be able to say you know if robbie could have uh, repented, you know, which is something we all have to do, you know, there needs to be room for that. You know, we can't just brush off what has been done. Oh, maybe he would have needed to sit down. Maybe he wouldn't need to like keep talking, you know, keep teaching until he's somehow restored. But I'm saying that, you know, we don't have a right to cancel anyone. 
I'll mm. take that. I mean, that's good. It was sin is sin. And that's a, that's an excellent point. Tony. Yeah. Tony Turner's with us, Pittsburgh based pastor, counselor, and teacher from the Gracism task force. Um, Tony, it's a hard question for me to be honest with you, because I totally agree with what you're saying. I really hate cancel culture, especially, um, because it takes away the uh, just even the idea of confession and the um, it makes forgiveness into some kind of fairy tale thing instead of like a real thing. So I'm very much with you on that. At the same time, in the church, I almost feel like I don't I don't want to not be forgiving, but I feel like we've tolerated a lot of really bad behavior in each other for a long time. And especially, I would say you're right about this, that I should be concerned about my own bad behavior first before I start oh, pointing to John about what his is. We're just picking on John. Hey. Like, boy, you're talking, you're talking <laughs> well, about a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of bad behavior from him. But you know, so I, so I get that. But what about, what about, like, we need, we have to look like Jesus. We're never going to 100% look like Jesus. But I also don't want us to get this kind of flabby moralism where it doesn't matter what we do. So take a look at Jesus. There are all these men that bring this woman who's caught in adultery. Okay. He stoops down and he starts writing in the sand. He could have judged her at that point, but what did he do? He said, well, who, whichever one of you has never sinned, you can cast the first stone. And those men had to walk away. Now, again, it's up to God to hold whoever accountable. It's up to God. You know, the word says that I'm going to have to be accountable for all my sins, the secret ones, the ones that you don't know about. You know, I'm going to have to account for those, too, and especially those that have maybe caused someone to stumble or not come into the kingdom because of my behavior. We've got a whole world of people who are not coming into the kingdom because it's not a safe place. And I'm not saying we have to tolerate sin. I'm saying where we are told to speak to certain things, where someone comes to us for help, where, you know, we can see that, then, then we can speak to it, but we have to speak with compassion, just like Jesus did. That's good. Tony Turner. Tony's a pastor here in the city of Pittsburgh. Hey, Tony, before you leave us, talk to us about your initiative, the Gracism Task Force. I love this. Right. Well, the Gracism Task Force, bringing grace to the whole question of race, bringing the presence of God and bringing the behaviors, the compassion to conversations about uh, race, to how to being able to respond to the things that are going on in the world uh, uh, surrounding race. And, you know, just uh, I have a, a page, it's called the Gracism Task Force, working on a website and um, Good, that's uh, awesome. being a part of whatever I can to, to bring unity to the body of Christ so that it can be, this Pittsburgh can be known as one body, the Church of Pittsburgh, one body, many buildings. Well, you know, Tony, John and I are totally behind you on that. And um, we love you. And we're grateful that you uh, put a time aside every month to be with us. Yeah. Look forward to seeing you uh, in the future face to face for a time, Tony. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, God bless. Yeah, you as well. We'll take a quick break. Uh, hey, if you've got a shovel and a wheelbarrow, you can contribute to a work of art. That's next. Hi, it's me, Marsha at the Springhouse. 
Did you know Easter's springing up on us? And quickly, too. Do you know what that means at the spring house? Well, first of all, it means you can enjoy the freshest, tastiest fried or baked cod every Friday night on the farm. It also means it's time to call and order your Springhouse Easter goodies. Our hickory smoked hams are extra special. We use only real hickory wood from the farm to slowly smoke these old-fashioned treats to perfection. Order a whole or half, and we'll send along cooking instructions, too. Mmm, how about Springhouse scalloped potatoes and homemade applesauce to go without ham? Finish off your meal with a from-scratch Springhouse coconut cream pie or custard pie or a chocolate log cake. Oh, and you can even decorate your table with our adorable bunny breads and eat them, too. Easter also means our annual Springhouse Easter egg hunt and Palm Sunday feast. Check us out at springhousemarket.com for all the details. Celebrate this most joyous holiday at the Springhouse in 84, Pennsylvania. My best friend is blessed with three kids and a big house. All the kids have their own rooms, but recently, life in that big old house has been different. In an effort to solve kid boredom, my friend bought one of those massive blue tarps and created a full room tent in the spare bedroom. They put each of the kids' mattresses under the tent in the shape of a T, and every night for now five weeks, the kids have slept with their heads feet apart instead of rooms apart. He says they've never been closer. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and when I see a home, I can't help but see interest rates, escrows, and trying to help listeners pay the least amount possible. But for me, that story was a needed reminder that it doesn't matter whether our homes are big or small. It only matters whether we're willing to enjoy the little things that God gave us today, like a tarp tent. If you happen to be looking for a new place to put up a tarp of your own, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. When it comes to your child's education, consistency is key. And in a world that's been anything but, parents have found a consistent educational partner in Eden Christian Academy, where high-quality, safe, consistent in-person instruction has been happening all year long at each of their three North Hills campuses. Take a tour during admissions week, now through Friday, and see what a consistent, quality pre-K through 12th grade education can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Receive a $5 rebate by trading up any non-contact thermometer toward an extra temporal scanner purchased at any retailer with covid continuing to spread nothing matters more than having an accurate thermometer that's backed by more than 80 published peer-reviewed clinical studies like the exergen temporal scanner even after getting the covid vaccine you should be monitoring for fever to make sure you are protected keep your family and yourself safe by trading up your non-contact thermometer for an accurate temporal scanner and a five dollar rebate from exergen where accuracy matters details at exergen.com Well, the warm weather, I think, is compelling a lot of us to go into the shed or the garage and look at your shovels mm-hmm. or yeah. your rakes mm-hmm. or your what your wheelbarrow. Get them all well, out. Here's the deal. Tree Pittsburgh is asking for donations of garden-related tools, particularly old shovels and wheelbarrows, for a massive pine cone sculpture. Uh-huh. The sculpture is expected to be eight to fifteen feet high. Will commemorate the nonprofit's Tree Pittsburgh's fifteenth anniversary. Tree Pittsburgh is an environmental group dedicated to restoring and protecting urban forests in the Pittsburgh area through tree planting and uh, educational programs. So, wouldn't that be cool? I mean, so a, a local sculptor is going to build this thing, 
and um, metal trowels, shovels, wheelbarrows. I don't know what it's going to look like, but uh, in look, the shape I, of but I, I got to be honest with you. Hmm. I, my, I mean, my supply of things I need to keep to myself for now. I mean, that's just starting in gardening season, well, John. You know, I mean, like somebody like Doug Oster. How many shovels do you think oh, Doug has? Doug probably has a lot of shovels, right? He's got, and I have particular shovels. Um, a few years ago, my wife's family's farm, you know, that we sort of divested ourselves. No exaggeration. Bunch of farmers standing around. They must. There must have been at one point sixty shovels <gasps> in a lot. And some guy was like, "I'll take three of those. I'll take two oh of those. Oh my gosh! You know, pitchforks. You name it. I mean, so there's all kind of you know old instruments people just you know, are not going to use anymore. So it's kind of cool. Make it a little sculpture. Something kind of hip. All right. Okay. If I find anything extra, John. All right. I'll think Pittsburgh. about donating it to the sculpture. Very nice. Take a quick break. Come back five o'clock hour vaccine guilt talk about that next is that a thing guilty 101.5 word fm pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word pittsburgh and on your phone via the word fm mobile app iheart tune in and at radio.com with srn news i'm john scott President Biden and members of the administration touring the country to raise hopes over his $1.9 trillion relief package. The president will head to Pennsylvania today to highlight the benefits of the plan, specifically focusing on aid for small businesses. The Biden administration's head of Homeland Security is defending a policy of allowing unaccompanied children crossing the southwest border to remain in the U.S. while quickly expelling most single adults and families. Americans spent less last month Partly due to bad weather in parts of the country, the Commerce Department says retail sales fell a seasonally adjusted 3% in February from the month before. On Wall Street, stocks finishing mixed. The Dow lost 127 points today. The Nasdaq gained nearly a dozen. The S&P 500 dropped six. This is SRN News. Some home repairs simply can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, or composite. To show their appreciation to word listeners, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this station. Get 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off, backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. If you have an unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-500-5588. If you owe the IRS back taxes that you can't afford to pay, don't let the IRS 
trick you into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you can save. We may be able to stop all liens, garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800-500-5588. 800-500-5588. That's 800-500-5588. Community Tax. Who's your tax guy? My name is Namrita Singh Gujral. I am a filmmaker and an immigrant. My film, America's Forgotten, uncovers the unintended consequences of a broken immigration system. The seven-year-old girl died in the desert. This child came from the country of India. I'm living in the child. I can go to the police. I never expected this journey would lead me to a truth that I never intended to find. A great pillar of the community was killed by a man who had been deported at least twice. The public would be outraged if they knew the truth. I found how much Americans are being lied to regarding our immigration policies at the border. My friends, my industry, even my family all rallied against the final message of this film. All credits had to be hidden for fear of retribution. If you care about the future of America, you should watch America's Forgotten. For additional savings, enter promo code Pittsburgh at checkout at SalemNow.com. We'll see cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 38. It'll be milder tomorrow. Cloudy skies for the morning hours, then times of clouds and sun in the afternoon. Tomorrow will reach a high of 63. Tomorrow night, increasing clouds, periods of rain late with a low of 47. For Thursday, cooler with rain becoming breezy in the afternoon. Thursday will reach a high of 55. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, greetings. Thanks for coming along today for the 5 o'clock hour of the Tuesday show, making your way home. I wonder how traffic has been. I think there's a rush hour traffic that, uh, when I do know that the uh, the tunnels, of course, the tunnels, it wouldn't matter if there were three cars on the road or 3,000, you'd be backing up at the tunnels. Sure. So. I have heard from my husband who has, you know, goes to work every day that uh, it has been getting progressively heavier traffic. Well, um, I'm reading today that as of today, apparently 21% of Americans have received at least one vaccine, one shot of the vaccine, 21%. Now we were talking last week with um, Tim and Kathy Keller. They were joining us uh, from New York, New York. And, um, we started talking, we, we, Kath and I have been, you know, anytime a guest joins us, we kind of say, have you had a shot yet? You know, it's kind of one of our sort of parting questions to guests. And so I said that to Tim and Tim was like, um, well, you know what Kathy said to me that I really shouldn't talk about this. No, I because... think, I think Tim said that to Kathy. She shouldn't talk about it. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but, but the gist of it was you should not talk about your, you getting the shot because there may be some sort of vaccine jealousy or vaccine envy, mm-hmm. right? And you may be shamed or silenced because how dare you? And so we were like, Tim, first of all, I, I don't know how, I think you're 70 years old and you have cancer. Right, right. So I think that, right. you know, you getting the shot would probably be okay. You don't have to feel guilty about that. But I know this is a thing, right? The people, whatever, you're a teacher, you get the shot. You have underlying can- what. If, you, if the sh- 
if you're standing outside the pharmacy and somebody opens the door and says, hey, man, we got some extra shots here, right? Then Aren't you, you going to go and get one? Right. I would, yeah. Why, why are we so emotionally deficient? Why is it that we can turn anything into some kind of like offense? Why is that? So either it's an offense that we have to apologize for or an offense that we have to internalize, you know, like, I can't believe he did that. I can't believe he got a vaccine before me. Like, I just, I don't get why every single element of this COVID era has just been so amped with all of this, like blame and guilt and, you know, resentment. And I, what is that? You know what would go really well? I would think people, people outside the church, even it's people in the church, we should do more confession. Mm. And especially public yeah. confession. That would help, I think, a lot of people rid themselves of that baggage that we yeah, carry. Yeah. Right? If there was, right. can you imagine like, you know, walking down the street and you saw a sign, confession. And, you, and I'm not saying, you know, in a, you know, prototypical, you know, Catholic, capital C, with a priest inside. But if you went into a a holy space or a private space and knelt down and confessed, it would rid, it would help rid ourselves of a lot of angst and resentment and fear and finger pointing and all that. So maybe this vaccine thing is a, you know, a jump forward to that. Okay. So you say that, um, and you know, you talk about confession, even though you're a Protestant now, the way you look at confession is molded largely by you growing up Catholic. Oh, 100%. You cannot help right. it be. Right. So this is this is very interesting to me. Since I did not grow up Catholic, I feel like I've learned a lot from you about how much you valued that, how, how much of an important part of your life that that was, and how I feel like on the Protestant side, we're deficient in that. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> throw shade at all the Protestants. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying that I dislike all the Protestants. We're no. all, I mean, we're all in this together, but don't you think that there's some deficiency there? Well, I, there is something that's very, very powerful to make a date for a confession, right? I'm, I'm going to go to confession on Thursday, Thursday night at seven, whenever that is, to make a date. And then while that date is coming, you're thinking about it and praying about it. And then you go in and you kneel and you, you supplicate yourself in the act of these are my sins. And you make a proclamation of your sin. You say them out loud. You are forced to confront your sinful behavior. Now I'm not going to get into the theology of, you know, the priest and all that, but there is something that to me that is inherently valuable about that. And you do, once you do receive a penance, you pay a price. There's also that as as part of that, the Catholic thing. You pay a price, and then in some ways, you are cleansed. There is a a journey that has taken place with, with the concept, go and sin no more. I will try to do better. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Most likely, I'm back here next Thursday night. I believe that there's a lot of power to that. Yeah, I think it's necessary. Too. Yeah, I, I do. I think that there is. I think that, you know, in uh, that's maybe one of the things and I, 
we could go back and talk about the Reformation and all the reasons why it had to happen. All yeah, so please it. save your emails. I'm, I'm, I'm a big supporter just, of the Reformation. I get too. it. You know, I'm not trying to say it wasn't worth it. All that, whatever. But I think that being open-minded about the parts of our own theological traditions that are deficient is right. just a way to move forward in life and a I mean, way I of do, maturity, right? Recognizing there's not one right denomination. No, but you know, when you do go to you know service. You go to worship and, you know, there is a moment of, you know, public confession. But that's not in every worship service. No. There are a lot of worship services don't have a, that don't have any place of public confession. It feels to me a little, it, a little less than. It feels like a, not long enough, not. Not intentional enough. Not intentional enough. Not something that is really considered. And I mm-hmm. think to confess, you better dwell in that. I mean, I mean, I, I remember, you know, having, you know, writing things down, I'll write things down and go, this is a new low. Mm. When you call yourself out like that, Hey, this is a new low in your sin life, right? Well, you better have the hope of grace and forgiveness within that new low. Otherwise there's no hope at all. Right. And I just, where we are right now as a society with the cancel culture and the finger pointing and the whole vaccine guilt all that stuff we do need as a society to confess, but it's one thing to confess, but you need to confess to your Lord and savior. I mean, anybody can confess, but you've got to confess to your Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. That's the, there's the big leap forward. Is there not? I mean, anybody confess and there's power of course in that, but if, unless you're confessing to Jesus, to the Lord, right. Then doesn't mean anything. Right. All right, we're going to step away. When we come back, here's the question. Does hell make sense? We'll talk to Dr. Gavin Ortland about it next. Tuesday edition, Ride Home. WORD. Ahead on Insight for Living. There is no such thing as a hidden sin. So you can't fake it. You can't act like you're a little more holy, which is an impossibility, than someone else. The Father who sees in secret would love in secret to reward you, and he does. Hear Chuck Swindoll teach from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount this week on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance? Or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short-term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is Kathy Emmons for my friends at Marley Financial. Every agency offers the same stuff, well, except for Marley. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait till open enrollment. 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley. 724-884-1496. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. 
Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Champion Christian School in Champion, PA. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Dr. Gavin Ortland is back with us. Gavin serves as the senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Ojai in Ojai, California. He is the author of Anselm's Pursuit of Joy and Retrieving Augustine's Doctrine of Creation. We follow Gavin on his uh, YouTube page, which we love. Very interesting. It's called Truth Unites. And Gavin, welcome. We're going to talk about a subject that you featured on Truth Unites recently. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing well. Good to be back with you guys. Thank you. All right. So, hell. To, to start off with a fun topic, yeah, right? Yeah. So hell, um, you know, it, it, I, I, I think about the um, the cultural concept of hell a lot. You know, it comes up in movies, it comes up obviously in language, in music, and everything. And I wonder. I, I often think that it's so much a part of 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 like. I don't know, we look as like the fable of life, the the average person, that I wonder if we've really been able to retain any of the truth of the doctrine uh, of it. Uh, You know, how how do you look at that? Well, when I was growing up, this was a major struggle for me. When I was in college, I had lots of friends who were non-Christians and just grappling with the sadness of it Uh, was sort of of overwhelming. And then also just facing objections to it and kind of feeling like, wow, I can understand how someone could look at this and it could seem so terrible and harsh. Like, how could I believe in this? So for me personally, just working through that has been helpful to kind of get some answers that then I can. And I've gotten to a point where I've kind of felt more peace. Now I can understand this better. But I think it took working through some caricatures that I had. Mm. And I think like I cultural caricatures. I think so. And and I would say perhaps even in the church as well, mm. um, you know, the, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one who thought of hell as a kind of torture chamber when sure. I was a kid that God builds this dark, fiery torture chamber. And uh, that's where he sends people. And it, it's a tricky thing because we don't want to take away from the seriousness of hell. You know, we don't want to make it sound like it's not a bad, scary place. But I think the way people understand that sometimes is arbitrary as though God just decides to do this. And I think what C.S. Lewis has helped me think about is that it is um, it is an understandable idea if you think that God is the source of everything good. And so if you're banished from God's presence, you could say sort of like, what could it be but hell? Mm-hmm. And that's helped me think, not that it's taken away all the struggles or the sadness of it, but it's helped me understand why it kind of makes sense. 
So hell as the absence of God in many ways. And Gavin, you've talked about this. You say that that all reality is pulling in two opposite directions. So every choice that we make, essentially, and you know, not to oversimplify things, is a is a decision between heaven and hell. Yes, that's that's what's helped me think about this. If you think of God as the source of all that is good, and you say, well, people are ultimately designed. We have a soul. We're headed somewhere. We're ultimately designed to be united with God, to live in his presence as followers of Jesus. We believe that's what Jesus came to do, to restore us to God, to reconcile our relationship with him. Um, But ultimately, for every human being, that either will happen or it won't happen. And so when you think about that, it becomes the, the Christian view of the sort of end final state of things is like this ultimate pulling apart like C.S. Lewis called it, the great divorce, this final, you know, there's God. And if you get God, you can't not be fully happy and fully alive because of who God is. But if you're banished from God, you can't have any happiness because where would it come from? You know, God is the source of all good. And so it kind of, that has helped me make more sense of this, that this Mm -hmm. isn't arbitrary. It's not like God just said, well, hmm, of all the options for the afterlife, let's make them heaven and hell. You know, it's like, No, it it couldn't be anything but that because of who God is. Mm -hmm. Now, let's just land on The Great Divorce for just a minute, which for those of you listening is is a book by C.S. Lewis, if you're not familiar. One of the things that kind of helped me to put it in context were the actual people that he introduced. And it made me see that the, the destiny of the person is like, it's an individual thing. It's not like a pronouncement on, on a group as it is like the hell is personal Mm. and different. You know what I mean? Someone's hell is different than someone else's hell. (laughs) Um, And I don't know, to me, that like kind of opened up a whole new way of thinking about it. Yes. I'm the exact same way. And and also heaven being very personal. Yes, exactly. And yes, and it makes it feel less arbitrary because it's not just this this building that in the underworld or something that God sends people to. But, and, and what, what C.S. Lewis helps me uh, think about too, with that is the, the seriousness of our moral choices, you know, for Mm -hmm. people listening to this, who maybe have doubts about this, you know, one of the appeals that I would make is whatever else you say about the Christian way of looking at things, it really gives dignity uh, to the choices we make every day, because the Christian faith is saying that these choices we make every day, Uh, either toward the light, toward God, or toward the darkness, away from God, that's uh, doing something that can last forever. You know, we can be, if we're getting more and more stuck in our envy, in our anger, Mm -hmm. you know, that's serious. Whereas if you don't believe in an afterlife, it's, you know, what's the matter? That's right. So it helps us to take, you know, and, and for the question of, well, why would anyone not choose heaven? It helps us when we think about, well, we can see this choice playing out right now. All of us have had times in our life where, where probably we can admit, yeah, I didn't take the joyful path. Uh, it was too humbling. It was too hard. I was fine to stick within my own little darkness. And that's a, a sobering thought. But, but, but the gospel does give us hope, of course, as well. So I know we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Gavin Ortland is with us. His latest book is called Anselm's Pursuit of Joy. You can find Gavin on his YouTube channel called Truth Unites. So, Gavin, in the piece uh, that you did on YouTube, Does Hell Make Sense, which you know we're amplifying here, you tell a really interesting story about Tim Keller. Could you please repeat that for our audience? Yes, certainly. 
Yes, he uh, Tim Keller is talking with a, a person in his office and uh, Tim Keller, of course, ministering in Manhattan, where there's many skeptics uh, who have objections to things like hell. And this particular person said they really couldn't take seriously the Bible's uh, fire and brimstone type language. And they just thought it was kind of silly. Um, and so he read him some of C.S. Lewis. Uh, hell begins with a grumbling mood, you know, always ungrateful, never satisfied. And and he t- introduces this idea that we've touched on a little bit here, that um, hell is, it's a divine judgment, but it's also kind of in line with the trajectory of sin and the trajectory of, of evil. And so he's talking about how, you know, one way to think about hell is when God just says, okay, um, you, you, you're, if you want to run the other direction, okay, and you're stuck with yourself kind of a thing. And he said that the man got very quiet and said, that scares me to death. Mm. And I, it, it helped me think about, you know, sometimes I think we think we need to scare people with the fire and brimstone language. And I don't, I want to be careful about that because I want to honor the language of scripture. I'm not saying sure. we shouldn't use that language or something, but it is helpful to know that sometimes what people might find most scary is this more subtle way of thinking about it as well, which I think is not necessarily at odds with that language, mm-hmm. but it's also another layer on top to consider that it is terrifying to think of being left all to yourself and oh, or to yeah. your resentments you and kidding? your unforgiveness or whatever yeah. it is that we struggle with to think. And that's, of course, why the gospel is such good news. It's the gospel is something external to our lives, the grace of God coming in, you know, ushering us towards something we could never have discovered on our own. Mm-hmm. All right. So how about the, um, you know, thinking about objections and certainly things that I've considered on my own and struggled with is the idea that, well, if God is so loving, then how could he possibly, you know, send somebody to hell? Um, but you, you brought up Tim Keller. We were just talking to Tim and Kathy last week on the show and mm-hmm. um, his article in the Atlantic that he wrote about death is just really, it's just really excellent and really honest and thought provoking. But one of the things he says in there is that, you know, if there's a God who we can explain or a God whose judgments we understand, then he's not much of a God because he's just like me. Right. So like, that's not good news for anybody. Um, And that, but that applies to judgment too. And that applies to hell too. You know, every time I think, you know, we talk, we've talked about the Ravi Zacharias story, you know, 30 times in the last two months. And I keep coming back to the fact that there is a perfect judge. There is one. Mm -hmm. And even when things are not adjudicated fairly on earth, which most of the time they're not, even if people suffer with untold injustices, there is a judge and he is a good judge. So talk about that. I mean, the character of God and, and recognizing that his reasoning is bigger than ours has to figure in. Yes, I think so. And I I read the same Tim Keller article and appreciated it so much. And his emphasis on this has helped me a lot. Yeah. If my faith never really challenged me or even made me concerned and angry at times, it bothered me at times, I'd know that it's not the truth. Just like any relationship, you know, if, if it's any real relationship will change you over time as, as slowly you kind of see things that you never could have seen otherwise. And I, I agree with what you're saying and what Tim Keller has said that the human heart does long for justice and for judgment. Uh, when we really see evil, we all have a sense that, you know, a good God is not just going to be like a Santa Claus type figure who's just blessing people perpetually and never judging people. But what ultimately helps me think about this topic, of course, is the cross, where we believe Jesus himself, God incarnate, uh, 
was judged in our place. And I, when I look at that, the way I ultimately land the plane on this, because I'll be honest, all this is helpful to talk about, but ultimately it doesn't necessarily take all of my struggles sure, away. Right. Um, but when I look at Jesus hanging on the cross, I say, a God who can do that, I can trust. Mm-hmm. I may not have all my questions answered, but if that's the clearest revelation of the heart of God, one who would die for his enemies, one who says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Okay, I'm all in with that. Mm-hmm. I can trust a God who does that, even if I don't have all my questions answered. That's really that's good. good. Yeah. Really good. So we were just talking before you joined us, Gavin, about confession. So in that thread, to avoid hell, right, you, you want to make the good choices here on earth. You want to lean towards heaven. You want to be with Christ. But I also have to have a measure of confession. And in that confession, a measure of God's grace to deliver me to eternal heaven, right? Those, all those things are working together, are they not? Absolutely. And, and for anyone listening to this wondering, how do I take that first step? Maybe even feeling desperate or unable to know how to start. It feels overwhelming. You know, I think it, it has to start with recognizing our need for God's grace. And we don't have to fix ourselves. We don't have to clean ourselves up first. We just run to God and say, Lord, forgive me, help me, come into my life, save me. Those simple two words, save me, man, I prayed that prayer a lot. Yeah. And it's the smartest prayer I've ever prayed because God responds to that prayer. So anyone listening to this, not knowing where to start, just start by coming to God and just asking for his help. Ask him to reveal himself in your life. You know, read your Bible, check out a church. Um, he will He will help you. He will meet you where you're at. That's Dr. Gavin Ortland. He serves as senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Ojai in Ojai, California, where the weather is nicer than it is here. Um, <laughs> Gavin, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, it's been great to be with you guys. Thank you. Our pleasure. Truth Unites. Look for Gavin on YouTube. He's got a series of uh, short things, 9, 10, 12 minutes or so that dive super, super deep. Truth Unites, Gavin Ortland. Take a quick break. Come back. We've got much more ahead. The 5 o'clock hour of the ride home. Back in a few. Are you in high school and thinking about your future or know someone who is? Consider Geneva College. Geneva is a Christian college that prepares students for meaningful service in the world. Geneva has over 145 majors and programs, 19 varsity sports, 100 study abroad programs, and lots of club activities. Geneva has scholarships and grants to make it affordable, too. Find out more yourself. You can visit Geneva in person or online. To find out more, go to geneva.edu slash visit. That's geneva.edu slash visit. What if you could unpack once but wake up in a new majestic destination every morning. Join Alistair Begg, Laura Story, and Michael O'Brien on the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise the summer of 2021. Along with teaching from God's Word, you'll see the Creator's handiwork in picturesque scenes surrounding the ship before stepping off into ports like Juneau, Sitka, and Ketchikan. Visit the famous Hubbard Glacier with its impressive wall of translucent blue ice. Combine this with daily teaching and worship and friendly fellowship. You won't want to miss this trip of a lifetime. Call 855-565-5519 to join or visit deeperfaithcruise.com. Discover the wonder of Alaska. Seven life-changing days of powerful worship and Bible study featuring Alistair Begg, Laura Story, and Michael O'Brien. Sign up now, 855-565-5519 or visit deeperfaithcruise.com. You've been unfairly shut out from the housing of your choice. What can you do? In Pittsburgh, you have the legal right to rent or buy whatever you choose. No door should slam due to ignorance or discrimination. 
Pittsburgh is a city of vibrant neighborhoods. Let's make sure Pittsburgh is the most livable city for everyone. Contact the City Commission on Human Relations for help opening those doors. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. We'll see cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 38. It'll be milder tomorrow. Cloudy skies for the morning hours. Then times of clouds and sun in the afternoon. Tomorrow will reach a high of 63. Tomorrow night, increasing clouds. Periods of rain late with a low of 47. For Thursday, cooler with rain becoming breezy in the afternoon. Thursday will reach a high of 55. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. What makes sense? Reptiles as pets. Now, listen, I saw this story. You know, one of these stories that they go to some guy's house. I forget where this was, what state it was in. It wasn't Pennsylvania. And, you know, they go there and he's got like, you know, three pythons. And, you know, he's got, you know, geckos and lizards and an armadillo and everything. I just thought to myself, that doesn't make sense. Well, I had turtles for a long time, and I love those turtles. So, I mean, a snake, uh, that's not my cup of tea, but I know people love their snakes. Okay, let's talk about that. Do people people love their snakes? I think that they do. Or do they love the idea that they've got a weird animal in their house? No, I think that people, because they are fascinating animals. I'm not saying they're not fascinating, but do they love their snake? I think they do. Is a snake lovable? Yeah, there's a measure of beauty there. I don't know. There's a measure of beauty. I don't know if you can love your snake. I say that reptiles, yes, indeed, as pets, make perfect sense. Just don't flush them down the toilet or something like that. Then there's trouble. Well, of course not. I support their their long and enduring life in the wild. It's not in the house. So I'm saying, yes, reptiles make sense. I am saying absolutely not. They don't. All right. Okay. I've not had one of these for a long time. Oh. And I know, you know, it's been a mainstay of people's lives. But really, does a wallet make sense? Oh, a wallet? Who needs Does a wallet make sense? Oh, my God. Look at that wallet. I mean, all that stuff. I can't believe I have my wallet here. I just pulled it up here. Photos, library cards, all that. Here, Look, here's my wallet. I'm holding up my phone case. And I do look. There's my wallet. And Mm -hmm. I pull this down. 
That's yeah. what I need right there. I've got my stamps. You got, I don't need that. Here it is. I got that. Got There's all my receipts. I got my debit card, my license, and my health insurance card on the got back of my cash. phone. I don't need that. I don't need a wallet. I don't need that. I got my phone. The phone is the new wallet. All my gift cards are in here. This one's Merry Christmas. I clearly I'm a little behind. So I don't know. Is it a, is it a, you know, guy, girl thing? Maybe. I mean, I I just think it's someone who cares about the particulars, to be honest with you. (laughs) I don't think for me personally, a wallet doesn't make sense. Mm. And you want a reptile as a pet? That makes sense. I'm just saying. Okay. Love a wallet. Just don't have a reptile wallet. They're, you might run into trouble right there. This is synthetic. <laughs> okay. That's all I'm saying. Does that make sense? Crocodile Dundee. One oh one point five WORD. Here's Dr. Charles Stanley. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burden. He daily understands where you are, knows what's going on. He has the wisdom and the power to deal with that burden, whatever it may be. You don't have to bear it. Hear the series, How to Release Your Burdens, this week on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Are you the type of person that values hand-built quality? Do you shop with local businesses because you know your purchase supports your neighbors? Or maybe you research before making a purchase because you know better than to trust the marketing hype. If any of this sounds familiar, you just might be an original Mattress Factory customer. At OMF, we value our amazing customers and work hard to exceed their expectations every day. Visit an OMF store near you or OriginalMattress.com to learn more. At the Original Mattress Factory, we know better than anyone that the mattress industry is full of myths. Mattress companies spread misinformation to mislead customers about their features and prices. One of those myths is that two-sided mattresses are old-fashioned. Today's mattresses don't need to be flipped and rotated, they say. But today's one-sided mattresses just aren't as durable. That's why OMF still hand-builds two-sided mattresses, because it's what's best for our customers. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Need cash fast? Figure can help. A figure personal loan is a smart, fast way to get up to $50,000 from the comfort of home. Just go to figure.com and apply online in minutes. You can check your rate without affecting your credit. Whether you need cash for past, present, or future, figure can have you funded in as few as two business days. Stop paying those sky-high interest rates and consolidate debt at a lower interest rate. Just go to figure.com. That's figure.com. Figure Lending LLC. Equal Opportunity Lender. NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Figure.com. Need life insurance but have diabetes, high blood pressure, or on anxiety meds? If you're a 50-year-old male, even porky, or with type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of life insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. For affordable term life insurance, call Term Provider and speak with Big Lou at 800-555-1509. 800-555-1509 or visit BigLou.com. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. 800-555-1509. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade. 
at rtcsonline.org. A friend uh, years ago on the show, uh, he described his deep uncomfortability uh, with uh, the Christian bubble. And he said, you know, my idea of like living in a, an untoward life is living on a Christian cul-de-sac, sitting in my lawn chair, drinking in O'Doul's on a Saturday night. He said, I just can't stand being so deep inside that. I need other people to mix it up. And so you think about that and you go, yeah, I mean, we do ourselves a disservice if we're just in the echo chamber of our Christian world. And I think the same thing goes for our children as well, right? I mean, it's good to put your kids in, you know, whatever, whatever educational place they want to be. That's great. But, you know, free time or friends or after school things, you need to mix it up, right? You need to just sort of bring that uh, gate down or open that gate up and allow the world in. Well, Rebecca McLaughlin is with us. Rebecca has been with us many times in the past. She's the author of Confronting Christianity, 12 Hard Questions for the World's Largest Religion. And she wrote a piece in Christianity Today called Christian Parents, You Don't Have to Protect Your Children from Divergent Opinions. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Hi, great to be back. Yeah, yeah Rebecca, it's been a long time. Really good to hear from you and good to read this piece that you wrote in Christianity Today. Um, so, you know, you and John and I all have kids and uh, we're at different stages of parenting. How old are your kids, Rebecca? My kids are nearly 11, nearly nine and nearly three. <laughs> okay, got it. Um, my girls are both in college this year for the first time. And, um, oh, and yeah, and one of the things that has really come to the forefront um, is how important it is to be able to sit with people in a room, in a dorm, in a class, whatever it is, and allow people to disagree. Um, it's surprising mm-hmm. to me in talking to my daughters how few people that they're in school with have that experience. They seem sh- they're they're at a Christian school. They seem shocked when people don't like all come down on the same side. Um, so, Rebecca, when you hear that, what does that make you think? I think from from the ground up, if we are trying to disciple our kids to be followers of Jesus and not not kind of one day followers of Jesus, but actually hopefully today followers of Jesus then we need to be equipping them to do the things that Christians do. And one of those things is to share their faith with people who may not believe in God at all, like, you know, let alone fellow Christians who may, who may disagree on significant issues. So I, the way that I see it as, as I raise my kids is that I'm, I'm not trying to protect them from different ideas, but I'm actually trying to equip them to be able to engage other people with different ideas and to grow in their knowledge and understanding of, of who Jesus is in the midst of that, rather than feeling like they kind of have to hide away from big, scary ideas out there in the world. Right. Okay, so then how does that work, Rebecca? Because, right, I mean, that's presupposing that your kids, they see you and your husband as identifiers, as believers. They see you living out your faith, hopefully, in one form or another, or multiple forms, Mm -hmm. obviously. And then so you open up the door and say, go, go outside and play, or go, you know, and, and do your thing. You, you can't be afraid of that. You've got to sort of have confidence that what you're doing as a parent and the way that you're modeling your Christian faith is enough, especially for your little kids, as they go out and see the world and experience things that are not like what they are at home. You know, one way I think about it is, is how do we train our kids on some basic like, physical life skills? So my nearly three-year-old right now, he's recently learned to scoot. 
And the other day, I went to the park with him and his big sisters. They both ride their bikes confidently. He's not he's not yet able to ride a bike, but he's able to scoot and get around that way. And in a few years' time, my oldest daughter will be learning to drive. It wouldn't yet be appropriate for me to put my two-year-old in the driver's seat of a car and say, you know, have at it, off you go. But if I don't give him freedom to learn how to scoot, and I never give him the opportunity to learn how to ride a bike, then why would I think that he'll actually be one day ready to drive a car? And I think mm. that sometimes as Christian parents, we kind of want to hold on to our kids so tight and keep them so protected that we're actually not equipping them for a future life as sort of grown-up followers of Jesus. We're, we're, we're sort of inhibiting their growth in some ways. Yeah, that's a good point. And the bike example is is a good one, but the bike is easier because when it comes to ideas, um, it's harder to figure out how that's where, you know, wisdom is really called for in parenting because um, John and I used to laugh when our kids were little, Rebecca, about how we'd watch things on TV with our thumb on the remote control so that we could either <laughs> pause or fast forward or like as soon as oh, something, no. as soon as like the GoDaddy commercial came on, we were like, ah. Yeah. You know, and so, but, but there has to be like a moment or a series of moments when you, when it becomes more important to watch the commercial with your kids and talk about it mm. than not let mm-hmm. them see it. But it's hard to yeah, judge actually, when that is. Yeah. I, I love watching commercials with my kids and asking my kids to articulate what is this commercial trying to sell and how is it trying to sell it? So, you know, maybe it's a, a car commercial and it has a, you know, picture of a beautiful woman in the car and the man steps into the car. And, uh, you know, I want them to be able to articulate. This is trying to tell me, not in words, but actually in images. It's trying to tell me that if I buy this car, I will suddenly be super attractive to super attractive other people. And then we laugh at how ridiculous that is. <laughs> so I'm trying to train them from, from early on to say, wait a minute, what am I being told here? And is it actually true? Does it, does it line up with the evidence? Or is this really just like pay some money and get a car? Nothing to do with the, the beautiful woman and the you know, sort of passenger seat. Um, so, yeah, I think for sure in age-appropriate ways. I want to be walking alongside my kids through the hard things rather than trying to show them and protect them so that one day, whenever they kind of end up launching themselves out of, out of the sort of family nest, they won't even have that background and experience to, to be able to engage other people's ideas. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I mean, it's easy to throw a blanket over your kid, right, and just cover them from the world. It's a, a totally different um, project to be intentional and walk through the world with your kid, which, which I think is what you're describing. So, uh, yeah, Rebecca, I, I, I said, sorry, I was just going to say, if no, you go. Really yeah, you, is the way the truth and the life, yeah. then he's going to stand up to scrutiny. I, mm-hmm. I don't need to be afraid of people who are smarter than me who might talk to my kids or people who have other backgrounds or experiences or ideas who might talk to my kids because actually Jesus is smarter than anyone. And so I, I, want, I guess I have a, a confidence in, in him to think if I expose my kids to other people's ideas and, and give them a Christian framework for understanding them, Jesus isn't going to look any worse. He's actually going to look more beautiful when he's compared with other options. (laughs) That's very good. Yeah. 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 Now, of course, the thing that's that's imperative then is that we reveal to our children who the real Jesus is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So talk about the danger there when we, when we portray him or speak of him or act in ways that would portray him as something different than he is. Yeah, I mean, I think one area that we need to be really mindful and that I'm personally kind of trying to get my head around myself 
is how we help our kids to understand the history of the church. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge believer in, in the church. I, I have no patience. That's a little harsh, but I, I think folks who say, oh, well, I'm a Christian, but I, I don't want to have anything to do with the church. I think they're missing out massively and they're misleading yes. others. Um, I think it's fundamentally important that we're engaged in the local Christian community of the church. At the same time, that doesn't mean that I have to tell my kids Christians throughout history or Christians, you know, in churches today are necessarily always living as Jesus would have them live. I think the, the more real we are with our kids about the ways in which Christians historically have sinned and the ways in which Christians actually today sin, you know, for example, in, um, the, the history of the white church in America and its treatment of, of black Christians would be one important example that I need to be able to say, hey, this is wrong, and this is actually why from the Bible it's wrong, rather than trying to present a, a picture-perfect, kind of glossed-over version of Christian mm. history, as if as if we were the hero of the Christian story. We're not. Jesus right. is. It's okay. Right. He's not, <laughs> there's nothing going to, to tarnish him. And in fact, we should be the first to acknowledge and, and repent of our sins. That's, that's the basic of the, the Christian faith to do that. It's not, we don't need to be clinging on to our, our pride or our church's pride or even our national pride as we present Jesus to our children. Amen to that. Rebecca McLaughlin's with us. Hey, Rebecca, before you leave us, talk to us for a second about uh, confronting Christianity, which is the uh, the junior version. It's out now, is it not? Yes. So actually today is the official launch day of, of 10 questions every teen should ask and answer about Christianity, which is the junior version of confronting Christianity. And I, I promise you the book is better than the title. <laughs> the title <laughs> I like the title. On the, on the clunky show. Well, I'm glad. Thank you. <laughs> You're the same person who does. Um, yeah, it, it, my thought after publishing Confronted Christianity a year and a bit ago, a lot of people gave me feedback that it had really helped them in their own walk with Jesus and also helped them as they talked to friends. And I, I quickly realized, actually, that there aren't that many resources for, for younger people. So I wrote this book really for, for teens and for tweens as well, depending on people's you know, level of, of growth and, and, and maturity. But for them to be able to engage the, the hard questions uh, that they might have themselves or their friends might have around Everything from race to gender to sexuality to how you know suffering or how can loving God um, send people to hell. Okay, that sounds fabulous. Um, I'm familiar with um, confronting Christianity. Not familiar with the new one. Can't wait to hear more about it. Give us the title again, Rebecca. It's ten questions every teen should ask and answer about Christianity. It's actually sold out on Amazon right now, but you can get it through. Um, uh, Crossways website or through the Gospel Coalition's website, and it should be back at Amazon soon. Well, congratulations to you. That's wonderful news. That's Rebecca McLaughlin. Rebecca, thank you for being back. We've missed you. Lovely to be here. If you go to our mortgage team's website, you'll find hundreds of testimonials of real Christian radio listeners we've helped. Laura here is a recent friend who is kind enough to share a few words with her local station. I was actually referred to United Faith Mortgage through my mother-in-law. We decided it was time for us to start looking for a house, and I reached out to Kelly. And we found several houses we liked, but, you know, it was a seller's market. Things kept falling through, but anytime we needed her, she was there for us. She got everything we needed as soon as we asked for it, and she made it work. She made sure that if that was the house that our family wanted, we were going to get that house. They're a wonderful company, and we're just really blessed that we found them in the process, that they helped us get through it, and we are in the home of our dreams, and and our family is so happy. We 
or United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you have to pay before closing. United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Hi, my name is Tanya Ettinger, the Pittsburgh wedding planner and your luxury event concierge. Oh, my. Do you have to plan your wedding yet again? You don't know how many guests you're allowed to have at your wedding? Do you have to wear a mask or not? Your venue's not calling you back? It doesn't have to be that way. I am pandemic on-site protocol certified, and I'm the solution to your wedding problems. At Weddings of Pittsburgh, my team and I will make your dreams come true. We attend to your every need so you don't have to lift a finger or worry about anything. Relax, leave the stress behind, and enjoy the adventurous experience that my magic will provide you. Go to WeddingsofPittsburgh.com, fill out the contact form, and enjoy the wedding you've always dreamed of. Tanya Ettinger with Weddings of Pittsburgh. Let's make magic. Save up to $300 on top-rated brands like Sealy and Sleepy's at Mattress Firm right now. And you can get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 or more to elevate your sleep every night. Save big. Sleep better. Shop the semi-annual sale now. For cancer patients, being a survivor doesn't begin at remission. It begins at diagnosis. Word FM presents Survivor Stories, stories of hope, of faith, and courage. In the words of patients and caregivers who are living through cancer together. Share your story at wordfm.com. Survivor Stories, sponsored in part by Young Adult Survivors United and Geneva College. Details at wordfm.com. Hey, Pittsburgh. I'm Father Paul Abernathy, CEO of the Neighborhood Resilience Project. There's a lot to consider when it comes to your child's health, but I know getting our children vaccinated with all CDC-recommended doses at the scheduled time is important to help protect them from serious illnesses. A number of immunizations are recommended by the CDC before age two. Visit vaccinateourchildren.com to find information on how you can get your children up to date with their immunizations. A message from the Urban League of Greater Pittsburgh in partnership with Pfizer. Well, if you've seen it once, I'm sure you've seen it a hundred times, which is the Progressive Insurance and Dr. Rick. Now, the commercials, of course, they've maybe several that are out there, but the one I'm talking about is Dr. Rick uh, is standing there and there's a guy who hires a plumber and the plumber starts talking to or the uh, the homeowner starts to talk to the plumber, like offering some sort of assistance. And Dr. Rick says, well, remember, you hired him to do the job. And they kind of, right. kind of hired him. Right. So these ads, they uh, first premiered, I believe, in April of 2020. They're a massive hit. And the weird thing is they cross all these different generational divides because people get to see this moment, right, when you become your parents. Now, the ads are performed mostly by improv actors from Second City or the Groundlings. These are famous improv companies. And uh, Dr. Rick himself, 48 years old, the mustache is not his. He calls mm. it the beast. When he puts on the beast, all the other uh, improv actors go, okay, we're, you know, we're off to the races. That's kind of like you know, the sign that um, things are about to get funky. Well, here's the thing. The guy from Progressive, uh, who was the marketing person who put these ads together, he started thinking about when do we become adults? Okay. What does that look like? When do we become adults? And he came upon a phrase, uh, um, a word called introjection, I-N-T-R-O-J-E-C-T-I-O-N, introjection, which is the phenomenon of humans absorbing the attitudes, values, or traits 
of the people that they spend the most time with. Now, what they've discovered is that you would think as, you know, as you become an adult, you develop these introjections. But the psychology behind it is, is that when you buy your first house is the moment of the beginning of full introjection. That's Mm. the moment you become most like your mom or dad. Okay. Because they were the ones who went before you. Mm -hmm. You grew up in their house. You knew how your dad did the lawn. You Mm -hmm. knew how your mom arranged the laundry room or whatnot, right? Introjection. So a marketing guy looked at that, the psychology of it, and then they sat down and they hired improv actors. I'm sure there was a lot of interesting talk around this. And they got up and they started working, working through them. And some basic parameters, bullet points of scripts were put together. And now we get this progressive Dr. Rick thing which I love. Don't you love Kat? Oh my gosh. It's so funny. It's so funny. I didn't know any of that that you told. I didn't know that they were improv actors. I didn't know where they were from. Yeah. I didn't know where, the, I, I didn't get any of that. I mean, it's I love just, it so it's much. It's very, very funny. It's I mean, very If you're funny. doing improv and you know, of course, you know, it's a, the, the network TV shows, which made improv sort of mainstream. If you're doing improv as a living, you're not making much of a living. Right. right. But it requires so much courage mm-hmm. and so much, you know, on the spontaneous creativity. So you oh like to gosh. see some guys who are just funny, funny guys, and they're right. taking to the bank doing some really great work. Remember whose line is it anyway? Oh, yeah. That was probably the first mainstream, um, uh, like, uh, network show for this generation. Yeah. You know, people who are, weren't watching SNL or something like that. And SNL is kind of scripted too, but it, that was like the, the moment when my kids were like, How, who's telling them what to say? No one. You're like, nobody's They're telling them what to say. Making it up as they go along. I mean, that's, that's such a sickening amount of cognitive ability mm-hmm. to be able to pull that up that quickly and be that funny at the same time. Yeah. Talking about being like right there on the edge I mean, and you've holy, got an audience, you know, on every syllable. Cow. Yeah, I mean, it's just—it's like it's a scary amount of talent that those guys have. It's very super cool. Yeah, yeah. So a- anyway, when you look at those commercials, you know it's kind of funny because you love commercials sometimes when they're home runs, and you tend to forget about the product that's being sold all the time, right? So I mean, I when I'm starting to think about this today and read about this, I forgot that they were progressive ads. I it wouldn't ne- have remembered either. It didn't necessarily make me want to go out and buy progressive insurance, right? But I always want to sit up and, and watch doesn't those it make you wonder then if um, those ads are really helpful? Because the whole point of the ad is that you would remember progressive and the fact that you don't remember progressive makes you think well, maybe it's not working. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, what makes me think about progressive when I think about progressive is those it's ads slow. that are running right now. The guy spinning the sign. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those. Right. He's spinning the progressive sign. Now, of right. course, there it is. It's you know, right in front of you, the image. Right. That to me is much more effective as an advertising tool than being entertained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I'm one of those people, you know, this, I, I, I would much rather record a show and then fast forward. You skip by the commercial. And just skip, skip by everything. Um, just because I'm an impatient person, I feel like I have a lot to do. And if I'm going to sit down and watch something, I want to be able to just watch it no, and I get, get it over with, you know, as opposed to like sorting, you know, making it an hour long procedure. If I could make it a 42 minute procedure, then I'd be happier. 100% behind you on that. And I don't that's, know. It's very, very smart. I don't know. Okay. So uh, it's light out now, which is Yay. a tremendous, tremendous lift. I'm not nearly as tired as I was yesterday. Mike, are you feeling better today? So much better. Absolutely. Oh my so much better. I'm yeah. I, right I did go to bed last night. I went to bed at 830. Like I was, you know, in fourth grade. <laughs> 
and I felt fine about it. I was just very, very tired. Woke up this morning, feel ready to go. John, do you feel any sort of, um, I don't know, like any of your abilities are stunted because of daylight savings time at all? No, not really. I mean, you know, I'm not operating at a high ability anyway. So, you know, it's a low bar that I'm reaching for. That's what I'm saying. It's okay. Whatever the bar is reached. <laughs> that's what I say. Hey, listen, thanks a lot for being with us. Uh, you can find us online. Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy, and of course, uh, wordfm.com as well. Have yourself a great night. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.